Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Burbual Kosong Club podcast. In this episode, we have Isaac, whom I met very early on in my career. We were both interns at the same company, and he's the kind of guy that if you just approach him, he'll welcome you with open arms. Super chill fella, but very, very sharp. The way he looks at things and the way he decides to go about doing things is very purposeful. In this episode, he shares about his past, how he's lived in multiple countries and how that kind of shaped him. There's a lot of very interesting stories lah, that come, come throughout the entire episode. There's a lot of nuggets of wisdom as well. Fucking gold. Pure gold, man. And it's stuff that I'm applying right away. So I hope this episode is impactful as it is for me, for you. I, I don't think I'm saying that right. I hope you find this episode impactful as it was for me. Yeah. So yeah, sit back, enjoy. It's a pretty short one. Yeah, thanks for listening in and I hope you enjoy the episode. It's been, uh, I mean, we bumped into each other. I think last time was at Suntec City. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, at Tongkyu Hands. Yes, yeah. exactly. You weren't married yet. You were about to get married. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You were like, oh, I'm getting married like August or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's, that's a fucking year ago. That's a year ago. Oh, yeah, that is a year ago. <laughs> because our anniversary is the end of this month. Oh, shit. Nice. Yeah, dude. Oh, one year already. Yeah. Oh, Damn. my goodness. Congrats. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. More like congrats to you. I feel like within a year, you found yourself again. <laughs> um, I think it's a continual process, bro. I mean, finding yourself, I don't think at any one point you are static. Um, mm. I think you continually grow uh, and it's always about finding what's new. You know, um, there, are, there is a lot of change that happened within the last year, for sure. Um, mm. A lot of sacrifices that I've made and stuff. But um, yeah, man, it's, uh, I'm, I, I like where I am now and... Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to to hopefully what happens in the next year, two years. You know, I think I have a short term plan and mid term plan. Um, oh, nice! Yeah. Have you ever like kind of not liked what you found? Uh, yeah, bro. I mean, I think there was um a period in my life where I was just like, I don't like who I am. I don't like what I'm doing. But it kind of uh-huh. feels like that's what is expected of me. Wait, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. are you alluding to like when I first met you in life and then like when you went to the like recruitment job? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was around that time, right? It was just weird because I think I was um, basically impersonating to be a... Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can say this, man. Huh? <laughs> I remember this story. Wait, you... Basically, you were, you were talking about, you were a marketing intern. <laughs> yeah, I was a marketing and community manager intern or something, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> basically, I had to tell people, people would message into the Facebook group and then ask me like, 
very pregnancy related questions. Oh my god, fuck, I remember this so oh, I rem- I remember this dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to um basically reply them uh under a pseudonym. I used my name spelled backwards at the time, so Cassie, and then uh a picture of my girlfriend at the time to create a new Facebook picture or Facebook profile. They asked me about like nipple thrush, you know, like contraception, um like different types of disease. And uh, basically, I'll be seeding them to our outside like, at that time just for traffic, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, like, after which question was it when you realized, hmm, this might not be <laughs> what I built for? Nah, I think it was just when I was also then managing all the WhatsApp groups, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just felt like we were just trying to draw, like, we we're trying to do something so that we needed our numbers to, like, yes. increase. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, we're just like, okay, on the ramp up, like, get everyone to use our site. We need to increase, like, traffic numbers. And then we had the the Google Analytics uh, screen up on the... On the yes. Yeah, which on, like, on the TV. Yeah, 30,000 or I don't know how many, what the numbers were anymore. But, yeah. Yeah, dude. So, it felt really fake to you. Uh, which it was, yeah, which it, it was, felt, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it felt fake in the sense of like, hey, look, you're here to help. Like, the the idea of why you started everything makes sense. And, you know, but then now it just kind of seems like... Yeah, it became, mm-hmm. it came, it became a business. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it is, yeah. No, and I think maybe at that time I didn't understand so much, still quite idealistic. Um, mm. Yeah, and then shortly after that, uh, I got into recruitment, um, mm. spent a year, you know, uh, audit risk compliance, wearing a shirt and tie, go to work, make calls, Friday night drinks, um, yeah. expat bosses and colleagues. And uh, yeah, man, I hated it, bro. Yeah. yeah, but I remember you being the most cleaned up. And- <laughs> <laughs> that period, I remember yeah. like like bumping into you and like we we hung out for a bit or so during lunch. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'd still be around Telo IA, right? We'll catch up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, free the robot. Yeah, free the robot. There. Yeah, I still I still go to that place, man. I have four memories of looking up into the um into the light well, and then I look up yes. and I'm like shit, man, I used to go upstairs. Dude, like surprisingly enough, when you go back, right, they still remember you. You know, like I've been there like a couple of times, a couple yeah. of weekends with with Diana also, yeah. and they fucking remember, which is crazy. That's awesome. Which is crazy. Yeah. Good service, man. Yeah, I got a got a shout out. Uh, <laughs> the robot, the robot. Uh, slash builders in love. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. The bar at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, okay, so wait, uh, okay, you were like for like two weeks only, I think. No, like, it was longer than that, bro. It was, was like it? yeah, it was way longer than that. It was um, I think I had a three month term. I finished my three months without extension. Uh, Wait, three months, uh? Yeah, really. We, we were there for we were. I was there for quite a while. Maybe no, we we came in around the same time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We came a couple of days apart. Yeah, a couple of days apart, right? I think uh, you just arrived, then a couple of days later I came in. We were re- working quite closely with Roshan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then... And one or so, yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 one. Damn, yeah, I remember one. Fuck, dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you finished three months, oh, shit. Okay, my, three my memory's a blur. Yeah. This is like, what, eight years ago? 2017, bro. Uh, no, 2015, bro. Fuck. Six years. Six years ago. Yeah. Oh, it's a blur already, man. Yeah. It's a goddamn blur. Wait, it's a... <laughs> Dude, fucking funny lah. Yeah. It's fucking funny. I, I recall... Okay, it's, it was also the fact that we were two young guys uh, in a place that was very female-dominated. We were and... the only two guys other than the accounts guy, right? Yeah, Elvin. Elvin. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were the only two guys. At similar age as well, I think. Yeah. Uh, similar interests as well, surprisingly. We smoked, enough. right? So we were yes. like, we could have smoke breaks and stuff and 
we'd stay back late and then um yeah man we we clicked man we connected quite easily yeah i don't know why i, I remember i actually remember mentioning to you while we were there you know like fucking six years ago i said i said something like, i think i i've never connected with somebody this easily in this short, in this short period of time wow and and so quickly yeah exactly yeah i remember i vividly i remember this conversation with you or maybe it was a passing statement and you just didn't care. Yeah, I don't think I, I caught it. But I mean, dude, I still remember things, man. Like your dad would drive you to work. You lived in Tampines. Like we would yeah. have conversations. We'd wait after work and stuff, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I remember the conversations we had. And then when it was time to leave and stuff, I know you weren't super happy, but you kind of stayed on because more of a necessity, right? Yeah, um, I was trying to uh, pay my bills. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, get up uh, and you build at the same time, like stay somewhere long enough to build up a portfolio, right? You want to move to like, yeah. more motion, uh, stop mo- uh, motion animation? animation uh, it was more animation, yeah. yeah. It was more animation. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow, fuck. So, wait, after three months, you went to the recruitment place like immediately, is it? Um, three months, I think we finished sometime in December, kind of chilled for a bit, then um, started interviewing January. Um, mm. And by February, I had done five rounds of interview with this, you know, UK recruitment five firm. rounds five rounds bro yeah fuck five rounds of interviews and yeah uh, out of I think like I don't know how many people are they selected two of us damn uh, uh, I thought it was like yeah that, this, that's, that says something about you right Um, I guess it says that I know how to bullshit uh, bro honestly like the people even doing the interviews right I think I knew what they were looking for very quickly and I knew how to give them mm. what they wanted you know um, I think that was That's some Sherlock Holmes shit, dude. Bro, okay. So one of the questions that the guy asked me, right, I remember, he said, "Hey, look, you know, I see like you've like done quite a few things. Like, how do you know that like, this is the job for you? How do I know you're not gonna leave?" Mm. Wow. So I was kind of like stunned for a moment, right? So I said, "Look, yeah. I've done many things, and I know those were not the things that I wanted to do. But that's how I know I this is what I want to do." Yeah. I mean, just giving him the answer he wanted to hear, like, A year later, I left anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he paid quite well, right? And I, dude, for a period of time, I re- fucking remember this. I think when you first started, you were trying to psych yourself into thinking it's a good job. Mm, mm. I guess you, you romanticize. I remember you like romanticizing that your role was to connect people to their dream jobs or something like that. Yeah, it, it was um, to connect people to jobs that they maybe wouldn't have access to or give them information that, you know, by themselves, they wouldn't have um, the ability to answer. But because I, yeah. you know... Um, you know, I speak to the hiring managers, I know what the role requires and knowing the culture of the company, I know what they're looking for and how to then in return, like like I said, right, I knew how to spot the answers that they wanted and then mm-hmm. give these people the ability or the edge to, to answer the questions in the same way I would have or um, with a bit of a, a step up. Do you think, and so a lot, okay, because I'm only saying this in like retrospect. Uh, yeah. Uh, you at 2021 yeah. uh, do you feel as though a lot of your, your choices career choices or projects that you take on right it's always about serving somebody that doesn't have the opportunity to serve themselves is it always that no I don't think so I don't think I feel it's like always. it leans there like. um, I mean I do enjoy helping people I do enjoy teaching um, mm. I, I do enjoy that uh, in terms of like recruitment what I later realised was yes you do help the people but at the end of the day you're trying to help yourself out right you got a yeah, APIs yeah. to hit. Um, you mm. send people and you ask people to stay for longer than they really want to so that your commission can come in. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you send people in for interviews that um, you know they won't get, but what they do is they give you the questions so that you can give the better guy the heads up. Oh my God, that's fucked up. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. That's the game, right? That's the game, right? You just need to know like that's how it's played. 
Um, yeah. And hope to God that you're not the first guy they've sent in. La. <laughs> <laughs> do you disclose to them? No, right? You don't, uh, right? Obviously, you don't disclose to them. La, but you know, ah, dude, it must be so heartbreaking. Eh. Um, For some of them, it's fine, you know. So, okay. The way, I guess you can rationalize it also is saying, okay, the guy that goes, he doesn't have great interview skills. So mm. the benefit for him in this sense is not to get the job, but to help him brush up on his interview skills. That way, the next time he goes, he is no longer your first interviewee, he is your second one. So you can help him. It's kind of I like a, a process, I guess, right? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Mm. In a weird way, it does. It does make sense. And You rationalize it in that way, it does. But look, if the guy really wants the job, and that's something that you, you kind of have to sell him something, right? Yeah, for yeah, him to yeah. be like, okay, I'm willing to go for this interview, even though I'm not going to get it. It's, you know, half a day of leave that I still have to take, half a day of prep that I still have to do with you, and sitting yeah. in front of a, a potential employer um, yes. that I have to do. La. Okay, that's interesting. You're right, you're right. In the sense that when you rationalize it, from that point of view, yeah, it makes a lot of fucking sense. Uh. Mm. That was when you left. Uh. I remember you, like, uh, after the recruitment job, you're like, this isn't for me. Mm. And you kind of just disappeared for a while. Mm. Um, yes. So after recruitment job, I left 2017 January or 2016 December, somewhere around that time. Um, so 11, 11 or 12 months. And then after I left, I uh, kind of took a break. I was like, okay, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm just going to chill for a bit. Um, mm. So I started boxing. Um, and then I found that uh, the great room was looking... Yes. Yeah. Fuck yes. I remember this. Yeah, we bumped each other again. It was still I again. We yeah, dude. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. Serendipitous. Yeah. I was like, hey, you're still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I fucking remember you talking about it. So, and you were at that point of time, you knew yourself whether this was the right, like, right choice for you. Yeah. So, I guess the entrepreneurial aspect of me was like, look, I had a really nice time in Bali. Um, I see co-working spaces as uh, an opportunity to, to go into Bali because property is a lot cheaper. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like providing a service, you know, at the end of the day, uh, that's what co-working spaces do. Like. It's not so much the space, but it's the service as well as like yeah. the privacy and things like that, right? And I saw it as right. something that would have a lot of potential. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't know how to start my own, was starting to do some research, came across this mm-hmm. role where they were looking for MROs, uh, member relation officers. Yeah. Um, then applied, got into a couple of friends and then uh, started working there for a bit. Yeah. Um, and then learn a lot about what the industry was also because there were a lot of businesses in there. Yeah, yeah, different yeah. Different types of businesses. I also started to understand, oh, wow, there's a whole myriad of other businesses that I never thought of. Um, there was a company inside there that would just do ads for mobile games. So all the ads <laughs> that you see in, uh, like when you're playing games and stuff, it's just done by them. Yeah. I was like, what? Okay. These are like in-game ads, right? They're not yeah. like the mobile legend uh, no, like in-game ads like random one right sometimes you're like playing Mobile Legends or you're playing some other game then you have like oh, ads yes. for other games yes yes yeah. yes yes so yes. yeah they do ads for that Um, there was like a, a fund manager there was like um, uh, Omegle or Omize is a payment app it's a bit like PayPal I think so it's like quite a lot of different companies were there and I started to learn a little yeah. bit about the companies um, yeah. but also at that time my business partner had already come to me and said that she was interested in uh, starting up a card Oh my god, okay, this makes so much fucking sense now. Yeah. So, this makes so much sense. Yeah. yeah, man, I think at that point it was like, look, I'm going to get contacts, meet people, be in mm-hmm. the area where I want to open Uppercut so I can just go for viewings anytime, but at the same time still earn some money. 
Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. So then we just kind of stayed. I already told them I want to start my own thing. You know, this might not be a long time thing, but here for a good time, not for a long time. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, and then... Did you see that during the interview? <laughs> no, I didn't. La. I just told them, la. they asked me what my, my aspirations were and I told them like these are things that I wanted to do. Um, it's good. That, yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, it's good that you knew what you wanted out of it before mm. you, you went for the job. Uh. Correct, yeah. In, in retrospect, right now, do you think that it gave you enough information to start up a cut? Enough. When I say that, I, I mean it like enough, quote-unquote. Mm. Um, I mean, more is always better, uh, but it gave me confidence, right? It would be like, okay, I think I understand. I understand my market, the type of people that are in the area. You have co-working spaces, you have banks, you have all these kind of different places. Are these the kind of people that would also want to uh, my, are they my demographic for the type of gym that I'm going to be opening? Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Um, we call it dark room boxing at the time, uh, boutique boxing, or you know, like studio boxing, like, basically, right? Not your yeah. typical gym that you train at, uh, that I trained at. I trained at um, the Ferry Park Boxing Academy with Saba also. So really dingy, mm. super dirty, you know? I knew. Yeah, your ideal, like, Americanized uh, movie style of gym. Uh. Yeah, right? Um, Bags have like duct tape on it, sand on the floor. Yeah. You know, it smells like piss, <laughs> but you can't see it on the screen, right? It looks very when um, what's the name? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal does it. It looks cool as fuck, right? But yeah, you don't even you can't smell the sweat. <laughs> you can't smell it, man. Wow, dude. And then when you take it off your gloves and your hand smells that way for like the next couple of hours. Yeah, dude. And like your hand kind of you know like water retention inside it. Kind of oh man, you can't get it off, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get it off at all. It's uh, it's uh, it smells like dead meat for a while. Uh, yeah and the thing is okay, I, I believe like even for spin classes and stuff right it's quite similar mm-hmm. right you still sweat yeah. through your feet and, but your hands are a lot closer to your face and you rub your nose and it mm-hmm. just yeah just more susceptible to being pointed out la. and other people can correct, see it correct. too man. yeah um, yeah so gave me the confidence to say okay let's do it we looked for a space we started a company um, all during the time that I was working there, and then we, when I think two weeks before I was gonna sign the lease I said hey guys um, thanks for everything. Like, I'm going to start my own thing now. Um, hope it's mm. good friends. You know, I'm happy to give you guys like a discount, uh, you know, for like uh, the great room and stuff. And yeah, the Indian, they did come for classes. I think a couple of classes, like corporate classes. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Okay. That was, that's quite a slingshot, dude. That was, uh, yeah, it was crazy, man. 2016, bro. Yeah. Hey, no, sorry, 2017. Yeah, correct. 2017. You started we, Uppercut in We registered, right? yeah, registered Uppercut 2017. Um, then by the time we signed the lease 2017 November so gotcha. we needed everything to be prepared by 2018 but there were delays and stuff la. so officially April 28, 2018 we opened but we already soft launched for about two months prior yes 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 so yeah. I went for your classes yes you did them. yeah me and Diana so yeah, I, I went for your opening day I think yeah uh, and that had a fucking vibe dude yeah <laughs> it was uh, yeah it was a party man I think um, it ended up being a bit too much of a party even at night. Like, uh, <laughs> people were like puking and stuff, bro. And we had to clean the gym. Uh, yeah. Make sure that everything was ready to be open by next day, 7 a.m., bro. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> uh, my instructors are like fun people, right? I mean, that's the reason why we hired them and stuff. But they party hard, man. Yeah, I mean, work hard, party hard. Yeah. But they just party hard before the working hard part. Yeah, right? correct. Gym's not even open yet. <laughs> yeah. Not officially open. And we're like, yeah, everyone came in. It was a great party. We are chilling and stuff. And uh yeah, next day, everything back to normal. We had to make sure the room didn't smell like alcohol and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was really a vibe. It really felt like a barbershop. Mm. 
everyone like, knows each other, you know? Yeah. Yes. And everybody is very welcoming also. Yeah. So I think the experience we had when we came in for the first, uh, I think when we came on your on your soft launch, yeah. that, that day itself, yeah. you had that tiny ring outside yeah. with the rope, the organic rope thing. Yeah. All white, fucking nice. Lockers were fucking sick. Yeah. The bathroom was fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, fucking everything was there. La. Towels were there, I think. Yeah. Towels, everything, hair ties, everything. La. Um, yeah, I mean. Super well thought out. Yeah. Super well thought all, out. All my business partner, she really handled a lot of the, the meticulous aspects of running the gym. Um, yeah. I kind of looked at a little bit more of like strategy, where we were going, what we wanted to do and things like that. She handled all of that really well. Yeah. Okay, now, now that you mentioned it, what was it you actually wanted to do? And did you think you achieved that? Uh, with Apocat? Yeah, with Apocat. Um, I think we wanted to do a lot more. Um, we wanted to be this like in-between niche of being uh, technical enough so that people could actually learn boxing without mm-hmm. them actually having to be like, oh, I need to fight or I need to train in a certain way, right? Um, yeah. I think for me... For any sport, it's always understanding the why. And it's not about force or aggression. It's always about flow. Um, mm-hmm. And just because you're not going to be an F1 driver doesn't mean you don't have to be a good driver. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, more of like imparting the correct knowledge and skills to people um, of why they were doing things so that their workouts would be more meaningful. And it, instead of it just being a workout, it becomes a skill set. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. Did we achieve it? I think we did. I think we managed to make boxing, uh, not just us, lah, right? You know, shout out to like all the other boutique boxing studios as well. Um, but we focused a lot more on technique. Um, and people who go to like different boxing gyms with that confidence, again, being like, you know what? I know my six punches well. I know how to move and I'm ready to learn to do pads, to even do a little bit of light sparring, you know, just for the mm. movement's sake, right? To enjoy the, the beauty of boxing. Yeah, yes. not the fight of boxing. It's just yeah, the beauty of it, uh. It's a, it's the sweet science, uh. The sweet science, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to put it. Like it's a bit of an art. It's a bit of a technique. There's a lot of that aspect, and yeah, it's not something you can kind of take away. You know, like once you feel yeah. it and you enjoy it and you learn it, then it's like great. I can shadow box. I can skip. I can move. You know, I can go for any boxing class now and be like, yeah, I got it. For sure, for sure. I, I so your gym, surprisingly enough, Uppercut Gym, right? Was the first gym I went to. In my adult life, mm. wow. like that, there was not like a gym gym. Yeah. So I think I don't consider NS to be an an adult life lah. No lah, not already lah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. So I, was, I think past poly, I think I went to one, one, one uh, gym like I can't remember what it was, but it was mm. the one at Jalan Kayu there. Okay. So I think I only went there because I had one friend there. I went for the trial. Then I saw how expensive it was. I was like, fuck it, I'm out. Mm. Uh, didn't pay for shit lah because it's trial. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, your gym was the first one I went as an adult, which was very weird experience. Uh. Was it mostly because like of the like the friendship that we had already as the like, April come, you know, or was it because it was something that you were actually interested in? I've been telling Diana this is so before, right? I always had this interest in boxing, right? Mm-hmm. And there was like this uh invisible wall towards me just trying it out mm. at the gym. Where mm-hmm. I guess I guess when you enter boxing. I mean, this is part of the reason why you set it up so, right? Yeah. It is a bit unnerving to just enter a gym and say, I want to learn how to box. Yeah. The intimidation factor is quite high, right? Yes. Yeah. Super high, dude. And I'm a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a guy. I'm not... I'm not I, at that point of time, I wasn't super fat. Yeah. Uh, I was semi-fit. I could run that kind of nonsense. But yeah, there was an intimidation factor. And that was stopping me from even fucking doing anything. So I think when you open up Uppercut, I was like, okay, this feels friendly enough. 
uh, my friend is the one, is one of the owners. He's running the gym. He's the one who, if anything, I can just ask him about stuff. Yeah. Uh, the op- the soft launch was super fucking uh friendly. Yeah. And I think from there was when like me and Diana, okay, we just try the package, the two session package. At that yeah. Point. Just uh, yeah, just e- an intro, right? Yeah. 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 To see if we want to try it out. Mm. Yeah, and we went for both. Uh. Yeah. And then the the trainer, the trainer was this uh UK girl. Shamin, yeah. I mean, yeah. The other one was you. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, still smaller classes, right? In the beginning, uh, early days, like we haven't even picked up yet. Our classes weren't like super full, so I was still running classes. Um, yeah. yeah then sh- shortly after Shamin left, she went back to the UK. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I remember when you were coming in for classes. I remember seeing your name. I was like, hey, Ashash coming, cool. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a uh, wow, bro. That seems like a, a long time ago now, but I know, but uh, it's just like what two years back. Uh, years, longer years now it's like now it's 20 that was 2018 uh, 3 years uh, yeah. yeah yeah but I mean it's interesting man like I've never been to a spinning class I've only seen what it looks like and the your your version of that was interesting because it was it was fitness but there was a bigger element to music I felt like you guys picked the soundtrack yeah and then like the whole uh, you, you were mic'd up yeah I think that was also important. I think the concept of it, what we called it, was entertainment. So, um, <laughs> that's a mouthful. <laughs> entertainment and training at the same time, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, man. Hey, bro, this this mouthful, right? So, we, we managed to take this program and uh, we actually sold it to a gym in Brunei. We uh, wrote a program for them and we trained their first two batch of instructors. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. Um, Holy they, shit. Their gym is doing really well now. It's, uh, it's run by the Prince of Brunei. So, um, yeah, I mean, they have money to sustain and they're doing really well, man. Uh, check it out, called Jab Gym. Jab Gym, J-A-B-G-Y-M. In Brunei, holy shit. Oh, yeah. Boxercise, cardio, yoga, and strength. Yeah. Really oh my god, it looks amazing. Dude, damn sick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is what cheap uh, rent does, lah. Uh, I don't think it's just cheap rent, lah. I mean, it's run by the Prince of Brunei, bro, so... Um, it doesn't have to be cheap rent, right? He probably owns the building and stuff. It has like a nice waterfront. Um, so the funny story is like they, they came, they tried a few of the boxing classes. They like our format the best. And then they said, hey, can you train our instructors? And we're like, yeah. Wait, so the Prince of Brunei went to your gym and said, hey, Isaac, uh, I, I love the program. Okay, okay. so he, he was supposed to come for one of our classes. Uh, unfortunately, he was caught in traffic. So, but his, uh, his uh, he's like second in command came. Yeah. Yeah, and then they discussed, I guess, and then eventually, yeah, they, uh, they selected us to run their class for them. Did you know that they were who they were? Uh, when he first came in, I didn't know. La. Then he dropped us an email and said, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. I have some investors, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, let's talk about it. And, uh, and it started to hit me when they said, like, oh, we're going to customize winning gloves for our client. Uh, for That's our when you know they got fucking money. Yeah. I was like, customize winning gloves is like 500 bucks a pot, bro. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, um, sweet, yeah, sweet. Then he's like, oh, anyway, by the way, this is, you know, I represent, you know, um, Prince Martin. I was like, oh, okay. Holy cool. shit. Yeah, sick. Let's do Can it. Can you imagine if you were an asshole that day, if you had a bad day that day? Can you imagine? Uh, I wouldn't have, like, I think, you know, something that I learned, you know, like business is business. Like, I never rent out on people, even if I'm having a bad day. Um, I try my best not to, because you never know, you know. Um, yeah, you never yeah. know who you're going to run into. Yeah, and I think more than anything, it says a lot about who I am. So yeah. keep calm. I'm really chill about a lot of things. Uh, and then when I do get angry or upset about things, I think then people really like take note and take heed of it. If not, quite happy-go-lucky. Yeah, I mean, I've only ever known you to be happy-go-lucky. La. Okay, I wouldn't say happy-go-lucky. That's not the right way of phrasing it. La. 
I chill think la, you're chill. very, you're very level headed. Mm, I try to be. I try to be. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I do catch myself, right? Like I said, we were talking. The whole conversation really is about, um, am I who I want to be uh, at this moment where I've been a bit of a bit of my yeah. And um, yeah, man. I think I like where I am now. You know, but again, like staying in this kind of state for too long, you also become too comfortable. Uh, yes, correct. It's about trying to find that nice balance of I like who I am. It's good, but I also want to keep growing. And what does growth mean for me? Exactly, uh, exactly. So that leads me to my okay. Before we I, we move on to the conversation, right? So okay. what the fuck? So the <laughs> the prince of Brunei eventually came down, like, and you signed a deal to train. Yes, the we, trainers in Brunei. We basically the deal was um, we would write them their first program, and we would uh-huh. train the first two batches of the instructors. Uh, because in Brunei, they don't really have a lot of this, right? They have spin classes, which they call halal clubbing. Um, <laughs> a lot because, like, you know, endorphins, light music, but no drinking in Brunei, right? Yeah. So that's how yeah. they kind of, like, party la, in that sense. Um, yes. Yeah, so they had some spin classes, so we introduced them to what it is to do, like, hit workouts, metcon workouts at house, athletics, and then ground zero yeah. classes as well, then boxing. And then how we take this whole program and roll it into something that is not just like boxing where you're hitting the bags, but it's also technique focused. If you're going to call yourself jab, gym, or like uppercut boxing, which is Yeah, like, you better have some technique. Some like. technique, right? You know, they say the cross will take you around the, the block, but the jab will take you around the world. Right? Like that's, uh, that's, how, that's how good, the, you know, the jab, man. You know, and then jab, gym, you know, uppercut, I guess the, the branding and the name also, right? Like um, yeah. what we wanted to create. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uppercut, cut above the rest, right? Was yeah, the, exactly that, man. Yeah, the part is in my head, man. <laughs> so we have cut above the rest for our clients, and then um, for people who are auditioning with us, it's uh, make the cut. We yeah, that's that's very very strong. So both of them, lah. Yeah, um, yeah, man. And uppercut at the end of the day is both like sikit atas, lah. Right, not super high. Yeah. Like, I think Indian people were still quite intimidated. We still had some intimidation from. Um, other people like they were saying like oh it's not as friendly like it's very technique focused I don't know the technique but I don't I think the whole point was to try and teach people the technique but soon mm. later we realized you know what like not everybody really cares about it as a sport it's really just exercise which was a bit yeah. disheartening la, but um, I mean that's, that's also that general area right mm, yeah I mean that's a cop out of an answer la, but because there's like a lot of these other gyms like ritual gym where yeah. you're really coming in just to work out for 30 minutes and then you're out. Yeah, factory workouts, right? Just in, out, yeah. see, scene, sweat it out, go for a drink, I'm out, right? Like, oh, I went for a workout um, rather than, you know, being in the moment present and really being there to work out to learn something. Um, but I think that's the market, lah, you know? And then Class Pass came along, which kind of uh, introduced a lot of these, uh, wow, that's a nice way to put it. Casual, uh, casual. Yeah, yeah, casual workout, right? It's like, oh, you know, hey, cheap credits, I'm just going to book, it only cost me like, Yes. Bucks, you know, and then I'm not really in it. I don't do so. Never mind. You know that. I think that that kind of a uh, lack of meaningfulness for each of the workouts. Correct. Uh, yeah. Non-committal, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you talking about class pass also, and how it was like a boon and a bane at the same time. For sure. Yeah. Um. So funny thing is, uh, nearing the end of Apocat, I didn't know it was going to be the end of Apocat yet, lah. But class pass was looking for a uh, um an account and sales manager. So mm. I interviewed and I got the job. So, Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I ended up working up for, for class class for a good month uh, right before <laughs> lockdown uh, last year. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was super happy. Um, I mean, decent pay, paid my CPF and then Uppercut was still running. They knew I ran Uppercut and they were okay with it. 
because yeah. I would handle more corporate accounts rather than working with other studios. Uh, the benefit for them was like, look, I, I know what studios are thinking. I know how studios feel, right? I can be your right. insider. I have access to these studios on a different level than you guys as account managers. Yeah, these guys are my friends. They know the blood, sweat and tears that we go through running a, a studio on a yeah. daily basis. Yeah, so yeah. felt like, yeah, could bring a lot to the table. Uh, you bring the whole fucking industry to the table. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and then vice versa, right? For me, is I could see what was happening on the on a worldwide industry level before, yes. like it even hit like uppercut because we are like the small fish, right? Um, mm-hmm. In a global sense, lah. So very quickly after COVID, like for me, just looking at how it was as a global event and what was happening globally, mm-hmm. I was like, shit, man. I think uppercut's gonna have to close. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, but it was it was a it was a happy moment for a good one month. I was like, nice man, you know, this is where exactly where to be. I spent the last three years building it so that I can do this. Um, yeah. You know, nice cushy tech job. You know, sounds nice. Right? Wait, what? what, so, what fast, fast, yeah. Would you say it was cal- it was a calculated move, lah? Yeah, for sure. I I thought very hard about it. Uh, what it would mean for me and for my business, the commitments that it would take. Um, and I had already. Um, selected a few of my my uh, foundation or um, my former my founding trainer sorry my founding trainers yeah. to kind of like step up and take bigger roles with better pay yeah. so like kind of like promotion for them in that sense um, yeah. and then knowing that I will move on and then I can pass on um, the information like not privy information not like oh this studio is earning this we should be earning this you know not that kind right yes. but looking at yeah. like hey America these studios are popping up this is what's happening uh, we need to look at studio move, making moves like that. Or, you know, this yeah, it's, it's almost like a, a research role. Uh. Yeah, foresight. Uh. Yeah. Correct, correct. Forecasting, yes. Forecasting, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, That's very, very brilliant. And it takes a lot. Dude, I feel like you... Okay, when you when you talk that, that way, right? Uh, Apocalypse was bigger than you, uh, right? At that point in time. In your frame of mind. Mm. So much so that you had to do anything that you could to make it thrive make it thrive but at the same time um, uppercut wasn't me right uppercut was my instructors uppercut was my business partner it was our customers and um, I didn't have to be the face the brand the name right yes if I could set up to make boxing less intimidating for the mess and people could learn from it and get something out of it that would be great Um, Mm -hmm. what we did find was that there was a bit of a hole uh, a leak so basically we would teach people boxing then they would learn, 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 learn then they'd be like great now what Right, I've reached this point where yes. I cannot learn anymore. So yes. um, for us, after the next move la, would have been to open a more fight-centric gym. So bigger, mm, that makes more sense. Bring, so that we would funnel down into like, okay, those people who don't want to do just classes anymore, want to do a bit of sparring, uh, want to do more pad work, some ring work, you know, like different kinds of workout, like more of the boxing gym-ish, yeah. then we can funnel you. So actually a bit more like jab gym, right? So yes. we can introduce you to boxing, tier one. Tier 2, teach yeah. boxing, still at uppercut. And then at 3, 4, 5, then we can cycle you back in doing fight nights, promotional things. And yeah. see how that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. So when, when, you, so when you have a business plan, uh, you had all this in mind already? Yeah? Um, no, it was uh, only in the second and third year that we decided that we, what we had to do. Um, the five-year plan was actually just open two or three outlets, then expand um, regionally. But mm. it was hard. Like, I, even went to go in, I went to Malaysia to go and look, bro. They also have their own uh, equivalent. It's called a fly... Wow, is it called flyweight? Uh? Flyweight is in the uh, Philippines. That's one. Um, yeah, you mentioned okay. something in Bali also, in, in Indonesia. Also. Yeah, we, uh, Bali, Bali also has their... Um, Bali has their own uh, boxing 
boxing style, not so much dark room, but there's like Bali MMA. Um, mm. So they have their own kind of like fight gym style. Um, yeah. KL, Jakarta, all started opening. Japan also called Mon- Monster Box. Australia also had, you know, like we yeah. weren't fast enough to be like, oh, we're going to be that big of a brand that it has to be us there. Very easily Correct. replicable, right? So yes, yes. to change now. Oh, man, okay, that, that was a hell of a journey. Yeah, Sick. yeah three years. Hell of a story, dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. The fucking place of Runeite, I can't get it out of my head right now. Yeah, it was um, quite shocking for us. And I was like, wait, we're going to make money from this? Holy shit. Okay, let's do it. How much do we charge so them? Real. Yeah. yeah. Okay, how do you okay, how do you think about that? Like, how much did you... You don't have to see the numbers, okay. but what went to your frame of mind? So, before we started, we had a, a consultant come in from uh, One Rebel in the UK. Mm-hmm. So she came she's also in, like a boxing gym boxer size type yeah gym, boxer right? size type right um, uh, yeah uh, one of the first few gyms also where my business partner boxed so mm. she had been for her classes before and then uh, said like you know like, they would like to this instructor to teach us like the style of not how to box but how to teach boxing in this yes. way then we just yeah. add in our own flavor um, mm-hmm. so we calculated how much that costed us then we put it in. Then we cost. We calculated the time we would spend for our instructors, how much we wanted to earn, as well as um, a percentage of. Because we would bring them to all these gyms, right? Uh, yeah. And then we would cost it into that also, lor. So we calculated our cost. Uh, calculated how much it would. But yeah, basically, cost calculated our cost and then just added a markup. Yeah. yeah. And then what we wanted to do was to create a rolling system, ideally, right? So that mm-hmm. maybe every six months they would send a new batch of instructors to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so right. a one-time fee and then a recurring fee for every six months or every batch that you send to us. But you have yes. to send a minimum of next number of people for it to make sense. And then um, they very quickly send one batch. Then I think two or three weeks later, they send another batch. And gotcha. then, yeah, and then for us, it was like, look, actually, you know what? You're to these two group of people, you can already, they already have the same information that we've given to you, right? You can just pass that on uh-huh. in your own way and develop your own style. You have yes. really good trainers, right? Some of them are like, Top boxers, um, top Kelly trainers, top spin side um, trainers as well in, in, in Brunei. With the information yeah. we've given you collectively, you can all just create your own. And I was happy for that. Right? I'm not here to earn your money. I want to share information with you. That's, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Right? I mean, as, as the industry grows, technically, Uppercut also would have grown. And we have grown it, together. Right? We have done collaborations. I think the collaborative spirit of uh, Uppercut and Jeb would have been way nicer, right? Yeah, um, off the charts, dude. Yeah. yeah. And um, very quickly, we were like, hey, why don't you just ask Jeb Gym to invest in our like bigger studio gym? They know how to run that aspect. They have a presence here in Singapore. Jeb and Apocat, yeah. dude, like, we next one, like, hook. Yeah. Impossible. <laughs> left two only, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would have been a dream, dude. Yeah. Fuck. That would have been brilliant. Like, uh, yeah, four punches, <laughs> every name, right? Then you basically yeah. settled, uh, right? Pokemon Gym Batch, really. Yeah, bro. Yeah, left hand, right hand. <laughs> hey, that's, okay, that would have been brilliant. Uh. That would have been, would have been brilliant. Yeah. Um, we were actually um, talking to them. Uh, and then after COVID, we decided that yeah, would have been uh, smart to continue. So, Uppercut is completely... Lights have switched off already. Uh. Lights switched off. Uh, Asahi Affair has taken over. Uh, yeah. Oh! 155A, 157A, uh, Telo Ayu Street. It's now Asahi Affair. Okay. Yeah. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Damn. Okay, I, I, I remember. I remember talking to you about this. I was, I was inquiring with you about like running a gym. So correct Spartans, right? You wanted to take over. Uh, you wanted to do a Spartan franchise. Yeah, I wanted to do a franchise. Uh, little did I know how expensive it was mm. to even start up. Mm. And how? What the fuck, man? 
that that would have been the least of your worries, bro. That would have been the least of your worries. Right, just to open yeah. the door, yeah. it's going to take us like a quarter of a mil. Yeah. And then you're going to be worried about members after that. Yeah. Um, not ah. just members, bro, your trainers. I think ah, yes, the yes. hardest thing in Singapore is getting good trainers. The pool Dude. is so small, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Did it matter to you that the trainers were also boxers? For uppercut, it did. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we didn't need boxers that were like, oh, go, you know, like belt here or like champion here. We needed boxers that were just everyday people um, who knew what they were doing and enjoyed the fight signs of it. Mm. Just had to be mm. able to do the moves in the same way, explain the know, the why, uh, explain and know the why. That was good enough for us. We could train them to do the instructing. So, gotcha. you know, I think a little bit more of like um, uh, eloquence in terms of speaking because that's the demographic that we're reaching out to. Yeah. Uh, and then just being able to box. La, right? You don't have to like fight or like win any championships, man. You know, at the end of the day, you're training people who I don't even know how to box. You need to be able to explain it to them. Yeah, that's true. With them. That's very true. You don't need to be the best to teach. Oh. I, I feel like that's that's a lot of... Uh, you know, imposter syndrome. I feel yeah. a lot of a lot of boxers have a lot of boxers have the imposter syndrome. I bro, think, I think a lot of people have imposter syndrome, bro. I have imposter syndrome every day, bro. Um, Are you you look okay. Let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> sure, man, dude. When I was running a boxing gym, like okay, first of all, running a gym, okay. Yes, yes. My whole life, people have been telling me that, hey, bro, you'll be skinny, bro. You know, like the whole yeah. outlook of um what a gym owner should look like. Or yes, you yes. Like, that's one. I had never run a gym before. You know, I wasn't into fitness. Mm-hmm. I didn't study sports science. I was always athletic, yes. Um, I, dude, the fact that even when I wanted to learn how to surf, I felt the need to take an instructor certification mm. so that I am certified. But at the end of the day, I also kind of realized, you know, the certification is not going to mean anything, right? It's experience, it's skill, it's passion, you know? It's, yes. Uh, how much you're willing to put in outside of your certification. So, um, I mean, to this day, bro, I still feel a little bit of it. Um, but then I tell myself, Every time I feel imposter syndrome, if mm-hmm. I put in the effort to learn more about it to feel less like an imposter, then I'm always going to be growing. Yeah. The day that I feel like, wow, I'm the best is the day that I'm going to be the worst because I'm going to stop learning. Yes. So that's mm, ironic, but yeah, I mean, that's why I tell myself. Uh, like, no, no, it's true. It's true. I, I recently had a conversation also with, with Diana. Mm. Uh, so context says that she started a new role. Uh. Okay. And she was feeling imposter syndrome. I think not to the extent that, that you had where uh, yours is really like fucking <laughs> a lot of trains running at you at the same time, man. Holy mm. shit. Okay, we'll circle back to that in a bit. Sure. But we ended up coming to the uh, perspective that imposter syndrome comes from you not knowing what you don't know. It really is that like you don't know, okay, you don't know what you don't know. Correct. When you can identify that, right, you can rectify that. Yeah. And when you do that, you end up becoming somebody who is aware, is mm. knowledgeable. Mm. But why Issa keeps coming back? The moment you say you know, right? You can't suddenly say you don't know. Mm. And being a professional or being somebody in, in whatever field you are, right? The moment you say you know how to do this, right? It, st- it takes a lot of fucking mental effort to continually keep saying you know how to do this. Yeah. And it weighs on you. La. And yeah. sometimes imposter syndrome creeps in because it's just too fucking tiring to keep doing that. Yeah, bro. And um, in the a, in a age and in the world that we live in now, right, it's also yeah. a bit hard to say, I don't know. You can always find out, right? Yes. There are always ways to learn. That's how much yeah. are you willing to put in the effort? La? I mean, it's hard. I agree, right? Um, 
And I always rather say, I don't know, let me go and find out and get back to you. That, oh yeah, yeah, I know. And then, you know, kind of be in a position where like, fuck, I really cannot tell. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. damn. Okay, wait. Uh, you, fuck. Okay, I feel there's so much to you that I can't, I'm not even scratching the surface. <laughs> when did you first, okay, you, fuck, I'm stumbling right now. <laughs> you make me lots of words ever. I don't know. There's there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about, and I'm aware of the time as well. Yeah, I mean, there's different directions, all right. You can have a lot of different conversations. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but but okay, okay. Let me just like center it a little bit. Uh, you then went to do you went to do some snowboarding thing. Okay, so while I was running uppercut, I would also, uh, on a seasonal basis, spend some time with the right side, and I would do uh, hosted snowboarding trips for them. Yes, that was what it was, yeah. yes. So, um, actually, our first, I think, like, wow, our first 50 customers were people that I had met on the snow trip. And that's the reason why I went. Yeah. Mm. Um, essentially, every week, there will be 25 new people. And I would take mm. them around and spend the whole week with them. La. And then, very quickly, they'll ask, oh, what do you actually do in Singapore? You'd be like, oh, I run this new gym. They'd be like, hey, wow, that's cool. Tell me more about it, right? And then yeah. you talk about it. And then, after the holiday is over, they're going to come back to Singapore. And they're going to want to try it. And that's all yeah. I did, right? And then that's where like word of mouth and like really knowing yes. who I am, who the boss is. And again, similar to you, right? It's like, yeah, I know this guy is pretty chill. Like I want to go visit his gym. Um, that's yeah. how we started growing. Um, I don't think my business partner saw it. She's like, why are you going? This is no morning trip. How does it help your business? We're about to open. Like, why are you here? Yeah, it's uh, very intangible. It's yeah. very intangible. But uh, when we came back, you know, it just I just had people calling me and saying, hey, your gym's open. Can I come try it out? I've got some friends, you know, and wanting to yeah. like, catch up again or talk about the snow trip. Um, and then even when I was running uppercut at the counter, they were like, hey, are you the right side guy? I'm like, hey, I'm not the right side guy, but I work with the right side. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's how I kind of helped her. Funny story, I'm actually with the, the right side guys. I'm in one of the, the guys' houses now. We uh, have oh, a damn. weekly workout session. Oh, okay. Okay, anyway, I thought when you said Kelly, right, I thought it was a typo for call. Ah, no, <laughs> Kelly for calisthenics, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, "Well, this guy got to fix his phone. He's been typing it wrong twice." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's okay, man. When I said I'm um, going to Kelly, right? Some of my friends asked me, "Bro, how can you got you got a trip to America? How can you go to America?" I'm like, "Bro, not going California, yeah. bro. I'm just doing calisthenics, bro." Yeah. <laughs> okay. On that note, you've been. I feel, I don't know, man. I don't know why it was, but I didn't. Well, after uppercut, you just realized you fucking love exercising, yeah. Uh, being like active. No, okay, so Uppercut kind of introduced me to a lot of different people, right? Fitness industry. Um, mm. I got to meet a great bunch of guys that were starting out a brand at that time. Um, and, you know, I just started hanging out with them. Like, it was a nice workout, something new that I mm-hmm. was sick of studio workouts, like, right? Being in the aircon and stuff. Yeah. So looking for, I'm, I'm quite an outdoorsy guy. Um, and they started a thing called Common Ground. So mm. um, I was like, yeah, man, happy to do workouts with you guys. Started training with them, became really good friends with them. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... Honor, honorary member of Common Ground. I'm, I have no shares or anything in, the, in what they do. Um, You're just a friend of the gym. La. Friend of the gym. Yeah, hang out. Um, even mm-hmm. on like a personal basis with each of them. Um, mm-hmm. Like really solid guys. Uh, yeah, so we started working out and um, just trying to share that, the information that I learned from them as well with like different people. Their workouts are hard, bro. Every time I go for their workouts, I can't move for like a week. Uh, so, you know, it's nice to go once in a while. That's uh, intense, dude. It's intense, bro. Really intense. Fuck. 
the right side was I don't know you didn't know how to snowboard right before that you know how to skate I know you knew how to skate I knew how to skate I had done a couple of, I had done one snowboarding season or two snowboarding seasons before um, picked it up quite quickly and then I went with right side one trip the next year I was like you know what I'm going to take my snowboarding instructor cert right I think I got this mm. uh, went mm-hmm. back took my cert in New Zealand uh, certified and then I I think I did two or three seasons with the right side so two or three years um, yeah and then uh, just help them out, do the same thing. Again, met a really good bunch of people, uh, different interests. A lot of the, these people I never thought I would meet, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think in various ways, I start meeting people from different groups and different circles who have similar interests and some of them cross over, some of them don't. Um, yeah. And you know, the way it is. Lor. When you say similar, I feel like you're, it's not just like, oh, I, I love to skate. Oh, I love to skate too. I feel like it's also like a very internal drive. I think, yeah, I mean, it has to be more than that, man. It's not just I love to skate, but like for some, it's a mental aspect, right? It's a, yeah. I love to skate. This is the reason why, the philosophy behind it. Um, another is I like to skate, the social aspect of it. Um, or even like, uh, I like snowboarding, but I also love drinking craft beer and I run a craft beer bar. <laughs> oh, sweet, <laughs> right? Like happy yeah. to hang out. And then we talk about business. We talk about ideas. Um, other people is like, oh, I like to snowboard, but I don't really like to talk about all your smart stuff. Um, hey, but you know, we can do this. You know, we can also, mm. you know, uh, I don't know, play tennis or, or like hang out in this group. Um, or we have a certain mindset. I'm very driven by certain things. And then every, I, I feel like the people that I keep close to me, um, they motivate me in some way, in one aspect. Mm-hmm. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I hope I do that. I do the same for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want... Okay, I think that's also part of the imposter syndrome as well, right? You don't want to be a leech. Yeah, I don't want to just take, right? I want to give. Yeah. 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 Dude, that, I feel like that is very, almost very, very core to your philosophy of about all of this as well, man. Mm. I don't know. I like your personality, the way you kind of... Ex- like yourself, like, dude, fuck. Very, very giving fella. I mean, In I... a lot of ways, though. I guess, yeah, I mean, sometimes, like, I'm not going to lie, right? It is a conscious effort to be like, hey, I need to keep track of what it is that will help you. Not in a calculative way, yeah, but of course, more of, of a being aware, right? Or like, yeah. you know, um, I spend this amount of time with this person. Like, how do I feel about our friendship? Um, yeah. you know, if I'm not getting anything out of it, and if I don't feel like the other person's getting out anything out of it too, then maybe yes. it's not something that I need at the moment. It's not like, I think the analogy I use, right, is um, having a meal. Just because the mm. meal is over doesn't mean it wasn't beneficial and that it's like sad. It's done, right? Like yeah. friends and all that. I can ha- I have friends from like that spend like 20 years and then we haven't really spoken in a while and that's fine. You know, um, yeah. we've moved on with our lives in different ways. I yeah. love the time that we spent together and when I had the time to spend with them, I maximized it. So no regrets. Of if course. It, yeah, if it comes back and we get a chance to hang out again, it will be the same, right? As long as we can hit the same the same bells that, you know, that need hitting. Yeah, for real, for real. And this, this is also quite reflective of you So I think. I mean, you, for you to even think of it that way, it, it means you're trying to be more conscious with your life also and your hours, how you're spending it. Mm. Right, I mean, the impression I get, I mean, from watching your other interviews also mm. and the stuff that you've been up to, mm. what, what are you chasing, man? Wow. Damn, dude. Now I'm lost for words. Um, <laughs> what am I chasing? Uh? I think in a lot of ways, I'm chasing for an experience. Um, I do want to live my life 
to the fullest. But at the same time, I want to give back, but the giving back is not necessarily fully altruistic. Uh, mm. I mean, okay. So and, the, and that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. By the way, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 think, I know it is fine also because nothing is really truly altruistic. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it's so yeah. difficult to really give without wanting anything in return. Like, yes. it has to be. that. I mean, that's the, the, the highest definition of altruism, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think she's skating now. And I like teaching snowboarding. I like teaching stuff. I like teaching boxing. I like teaching all these things because I spend a lot of time trying not to be an imposter. So I try and learn mm. as much as I can, right? And then mm-hmm. when I can share that information with somebody, then and in that moment when I see that they get it, a lot of it is me reliving the moment when I first got it. And I'm like, ah. oh, shit. I, like, hey, I understand it. That like, ooh, yes, that high, you know? Um, yeah. I will never get that high again. Because I already understand it, right? Yes. But when I you see can't them, unlearn, yeah. Yeah. So when I see them do it, I'm like, yes, I know I can see it. You're like, oi. I'm like, yes. They're like, is it? Yes, it is. You know? <laughs> um, and that for me is like, it's like exciting. La. So while I chase these experiences, right? Like, um, I also want to get better at things, right? I want to, I want to, I still want to travel the world. You know, still a lot of things I want to see. I still many places I want to snowboard. Um, I mean, Still wanna, I want. I do want a family. I want dogs. I mean, there's a lot of wants. Of yes. What am I chasing? Um, yeah. I think chasing is. I I don't know, bro. Wow. I, yeah, okay. I, yeah. The only reason I'm saying it is because I feel as though you got a velocity to what you're doing. Mm. There is a velocity. Maybe you don't know what the trajectory is, and you yeah. don't know what the destination. But there is a velocity to it, uh. mm. So that's why I use the word chase. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a fullness, yeah. a fullness of life. Um, I don't know where all this is going. Uh, I don't know what it might lead to. Uh, I try not to just do things that I like. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I like doing skateboarding. I just skate. Right? You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. making money and stuff like that, right? Um, yeah. I think the roles that I perform now, um, I work, I, I, do, I do sales for a tech company now. And then I teach self skating. They are quite different. Um, they both challenge mm-hmm. me in different ways and I get to learn in different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what I like. La. I like this challenge of like, wow, don't really know how to solve this, but what if I try this? What if I do this? And then it works. Or it doesn't work. And then when it doesn't work, then you fail. But, you know, fail fast, move fast, right? You just want to keep moving forward. And like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try again. Um, and I think being in an opportunity, in a company that deserves me, or not deserves me, that offers me an opportunity in the sense is, um, is, is great. Um, mm-hmm. And a larger scale of life, I don't know, man. I think up to I'm 35, I just want to keep experiencing. Um, mm-hmm. And then settle down, have a family, and uh, let my kid kind of pass this down to my kid, right? Now yeah. they don't have to worry about where to learn how to skate, where to learn how to snowboard. All the questions I had last time, where do I learn? They can learn from me. I can teach that them. Be, that's the ultimate like teaching experience. Yeah. To teach it off to your son, your future son, your yeah. future hypothetical son. Hypothetical <laughs> son or daughter, I mean, both are fine. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, both are completely fine. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you, if you switch genders halfway, also fine, right? But yeah, they're, they're still a child, they're still a child. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, man, I think they, yeah, that these, like, my dad was very supportive, my parents were very supportive of what I wanted to do. They weren't necessarily able to be like, oh, let me teach you how to do it, but they were like, mm. if you want to learn, Go and learn, and we will support you in whatever way we can to go and learn. That's beautiful parenting, yeah, man. Really, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the way I think and uh, I am is attributed to them. Uh, 
very authoritarian rather than mm-hmm. authoritative. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so, it takes a while to see that, actually. Yeah, it does take a while, right? A long time. But they were super supportive. Like, bro, imagine after you, I graduate, your parents says, your mom, my mom says to me, uh, okay, you graduated, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to go to Morocco and learn how to be a surfing instructor. What? I just paid for your freaking degree in psychology yeah. and marketing. You want to go to Morocco? Why, why Morocco? Like, yeah, what? <laughs> you know, why, why can't I go to Australia? It's like, oh, I lived in Australia already. I kind of know. The next closest place is South Africa. But um, some guy got eaten by a four-meter gray white shark. So Morocco <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> I didn't even know you could surf in Morocco. <laughs> yeah, you can. Um, so the west coast of Morocco, um, basically the nearest, the only landmass next is uh, America already. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. So you have great, um, great waves that come in. Um, there is Canary Islands like, in between, uh, mm-hmm. but just a small, a small piece of land. Yeah. yeah. So you went to Morocco to, to like, learn to surf? Yeah, so before I met you, I had just come back from Morocco. Oh, damn. Yeah, I went to Morocco um, for a three-month surfing course. And then the last two weeks, I uh, landed a role in American film, a uh, Hollywood film. And then Oh my god, yes! <laughs> you remember this, right? I've had this. Dude, American Sniper, wasn't yeah, it? That's right, yeah. Okay, okay, fuck, dude, talk about it, talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I mean, like brief story is I go to Morocco for a surfing course. Um, yes. My uh, surfing instructor slash uh, friend, I don't really know him that well now, uh, ends up telling me one day, he's like, uh, hey, I'm also a casting director. I'm like, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm casting for this uh, American film uh, with a big actor and big director. I was like, oh, who? He's like, I can't tell you. I was like, Okay. But it's uh-huh. big American film. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, come for casting. I was like, okay, sweet. Uh, meet yeah. him at this cafe. And I just actually found the hard drive with the pictures, actually. I can maybe send it to you if you want to see. He yes, takes out yeah. a white piece of paper, draws a box with, uh, basically draws lines so there's the six boxes. Right? Uh-huh. It's my name, my age, my height, my hair color, and uh-huh. the language that I speak. And then asks me to take a picture of it. But the <laughs> camera doesn't work. So he uses my mobile phone to take a picture of me for his casting and says, yeah. can you email it to me later? I said, oh okay, yeah. great. Sounds like a real, real top. Yeah, this is how they do it in Morocco. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I said American director, yeah. Yeah, right, American director. So, send it to him. Um, yeah, I hear a couple of stories from people saying like, hey, you know, there are a couple of these Moroccans who are doing a Land Rover ads and stuff. They take all the expats yeah. into the desert. They do a shoot, get them everything, feed them water, make them feel really happy. And then by the end of the shoot, right, they don't pay them, leave them in the desert and just drive back. I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. that sucks. It's okay. a scammer. Yeah. It's a scammer, right? So they do get the shot for Land Rover or whatever image they need, but then they don't mm-hmm. pay the whoever. La. <clears throat> yeah. I was like, okay. Uh, wow, it's a long story, eh, bro. I can, okay, I'll, I'll cut it a little bit shorter. Uh, this no, no, take as long as you need. Take as long as you need. Um, yeah, so finally decide to go. They tell us that um, the signing for the contract is in Rabat. So we're in uh, Tagazut or Agadir, which is an eight-hour drive away. So I said, uh-huh. oh, I'm going to drive eight hours before I sign a damn contract, man. That's them shady, dude. Um, yeah. put us in, they put us in two buses full of expats. So we have French, English, German people who are just all surfers, like, basically. And then mm-hmm. I'm this one Asian guy like, who's going along. Um, yeah. <laughs> I uh, actually decided not to go before, but he got really pissed, like, and I decided, uh-huh. okay, I will go. Um, just before I left, I messaged my mom. I told her the night before, I'm not going. Then the day, I kind of changed my mind. I messaged her, yeah. hey, mom, I love you. I'm going to Rabat. And then I just kind of left. She was like, what the 
fuck? Okay, anyway. Dude, this is movie moment. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, bro, right? But anyway, go go to Rabat. Everything turns uh-huh. out to be fine. Um, I can sh- I'll, I'll share the details with you. Like, there are, oh man, there's so many small stories in between. Uh, but turns out it's legit. Yeah. Um, and uh, we end up shooting and then the, we see Clint Eastwood and Bradley Cooper. And then we're like, hey, what the fuck? It's a fucking real film, man. And then like, oh, this is the street they shot Black Hawk down. We're like, okay, fucking legit, yeah. right? Um, yeah, then they start selecting um, Marines and Navy SEALs. So uh-huh. they pass me an M4A1, uh, like a carbine. And I'm like, hey, bro, this is not like AR-15s, yeah? So yeah. I could strip the weapon. I could reload the weapon. I know yeah, were you like fucking surprised when you did all that? Bro, the guy looked at me, he said, wait, you are from Singapore? I said, yeah, you speak perfect English? I said, I mean, yeah, pretty good English. And he said, you can speak Arabic and French. I was like, yes. I learned Arabic and French when I lived in Jordan, right? And he's like... Okay, I want... I want okay, continue, 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 sorry. He's like, okay, and you're here for a surfing course. I was like, yes, but you know how to handle an M4A1. I was like, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was like, okay. <laughs> Dude, you sound like fucking born at that shit, you know? <laughs> damn cool, bro. Then the Navy Shield comes to me. He's like, oh, yeah, you're from Singapore. I know you guys do national service. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, what unit are you from? I was like, oh, I was from the Navy. He's like, dude, I work with like a couple of guys from the Navy. Because Navy, they do Navy SEALs training also, right? Um, yes, yes, States, And these guys are real Navy SEALs. So it's like, oh, yeah. you know this guy and this guy? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. La. I'm like, no, you just oh, say nah. yes, I just, I just said, oh, sounds familiar, man, but there's so many people, you know, blah, 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 blah. Bro, they were like, so impressed I was from the Navy. Bro, I'm RP, bro. I fucking don't do shit. <laughs> Dude, um, like, I get the same <laughs> shit. Also, when I tell people I'm from the Coast Guard. The thing is, like, American Coast Guard. But yeah, no. Not, right? <laughs> like, bro, I'm fishing half the time. I'm shitting out. Yeah. Work, and I'm just like, you know, hoping that nothing happens. So, yeah. that I can, so I can go more time, yeah? Yeah, bro. <laughs> oh. So, um... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, then um so they were like, dude, you handle a weapon really well, you have good movement. We're gonna select you as one of the twelve Navy SEALs. I was like, uh-huh. oh sweet. And Navy SEALs get like extra time. Uh. Um yeah. and then you are you're gonna play a role called Asian. I was like, well, that's the <laughs> uh, they're like, no, no, no. Like there was a Korean American and his call sign is Asian. So you're just gonna play his character. I was like, Oh, okay, do I have lines? He's like, No man, sorry, you can't have lines. I was like, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, man. Met a lot of cool people. Ended up traveling the world with some of them, and then then uh, did a two month trip around Europe with the money that I earned from. Uh, from was it the- good money? Was it good money? It was about two thousand four. Sing for three weeks. For just a day. For just a day. No, 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 no. Three weeks, man. One week training, two weeks shooting. They still have to train. Oh, they have to train you for the shot, right? Um, yeah. they train everybody la, Um, how to do cigar formation, how to uh, what is it uh, Like how to break through, break breaking. What is it uh? I can't remember what's the name now. Uh, well, like breaking we, the break, break the door and go in and like clearing room room clearing um, mm, mm, mm. Uh, how to fire the weapon you know how to move how to stack up all that kind of things la. Yeah. damn yeah. three weeks fuck dude but what the heck of an experience what a fucking experience dude the day shoot is one experience the night time when we party is another experience <laughs> all of them are surfers yeah. um, basically they've been doing this route uh, for many, many years. La. Then they also end up being extras, but they don't want to live in the hotel. They want to live in their caravan. So it's like, what? It was just, wow, a lot of things that you would never, ex- I would never have thought to experience. La. And at that yeah. time, I had already lived in the Middle East. I had already lived in China, you know? And um, yeah. it was super eye-opening. Dude, I, one of the things that, I think why you're so easy to relate to, right? And why you had this certain kind of charm was the fact that you were living in a fuck ton of places before I met you. Mm. I, I, you mentioned that 
as a kid, you're growing up in Jordan, right? Yeah. Jordan, and, and where was the other one? Um, uh, so, in uh, basically, my parents were living in Australia, and very quickly, we moved back, so I have no recollection of Australia. Lah, but um, primary one, just before I lived in Pakistan, then mm. came back, did my uh, went to St. Andrews uh, in sec- um, primary school as well as secondary school. Then halfway mm. in sec two, I left to Jordan. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, my dad just felt like there was a lot of uh, international and exposure that I, I seemed to do better in that kind of an environment. Uh, so he pulled me across to Jordan. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, but also in my primary school years, my dad was living in China. So I just like spent all my June and December holidays with him in China. Yeah. So I think, yeah, just being around in and about of uh, all these countries and places, I understood cultures a little bit better. I was more open to, yeah, yeah to what it is that people were doing. I know the world is way bigger than what we think it is here in Singapore, especially. For for sure, dude. And I think you just being around, right? You didn't have to be taught. Okay, there's. I think this whole experience, you didn't have to be taught certain things. You actually learned it on your own. And it's a fucking weird statement to say. Mm. I know. Mm. I know it sounds weird, but there is a distinction here, lah. <laughs> I think you, yeah, you learn it on your own because you, I observe, right? I knew that if yeah. I didn't learn quickly enough, I was like, okay, dude, in Jordan and Pakistan, right? I'm like the only Asian kid. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so... And I remember you, they called you Jackie Chan or something. Yeah, dude, Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, Jet Lee, bro. Like, you know, bro, my nickname in uh, Jordan was Rice Boy. Because... Uh, I'm sorry for laughing. Man. Yeah, I mean, got rice, got rice, got soup, got curry, got spice, take off your shoes when you enter, please, or you wipe the floor with your motherfucking knees. Like, there was, like, a song and everything of, like... Fuck. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't racist, you know, like, I, I'm i not gonna say, like, oh, they weren't woke or whatever, man. It was just jokes and fun, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I didn't think it that way. Um, but because I knew how to interact or I learned how to interact, I knew what I should do and shouldn't do, what was, yeah. inverted commas, cool, acceptable or not acceptable for yeah, the yeah. culture... Yeah. Then very quickly they accept you into their culture. You learn how to speak the language. You are very socially adaptable. Uh. You are like very malleable, socially malleable. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, more 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 based on force, right? Like um, if I yeah. didn't, I would end up like there was a Japanese kid Toshio who was a uh, kind of like bullied in better commerce, but because yeah. he didn't want to adapt. Yeah. Right. He didn't want to like do. You're here. Enjoy. Learn. Like get whatever you can about it. You're gonna go back to Japan. I like. I know I'm going back to Singapore. Right, I'm going to yeah. whatever experience I can here. And then when I go back to Singapore, at least I have that. Right? If I don't, I go back to Singapore and nothing's changed. Yeah. yeah. Dude, but it takes a lot no, to be that open-minded that young. To, to have the understanding. Sorry. To have yeah. the understanding at that age. I didn't... This is all in hindsight, right? At that point of time, I For think sure. it was just more of like a survival. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, Social dynamics, dude. Yeah. If I'm too Asian, I'm going to get beat up. If I'm not Asian enough, I'm going to be a sellout. I need to find that balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No matter what, I'm going to be the Asian guy, right? The I'm going to be the Chinese guy with a small dick, right? That's the stereotype, <laughs> right? So I just gotta find a way to to stay within the lines and play with it, right? You know. Uh, Do you think all of this attributed to you having imposter syndrome? Because it feels as though you always had to be somebody else. I think, yeah, man. I think I had to, right? Um, uh, yeah, I had to be somebody else, but still very innately show who I was, the things yeah. that I didn't like, things that I wasn't okay with, right? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there were a lot of like things that were going on that I was like, nah, man, I'm not going to do that. Like morally, like that's not cool for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to bully like people and you know, I know how yeah. that feels. I'm not going to stay around for that. Like, and I'll stand up for these people as well. And just that the integrity to say, look, I'm your friend. I'm not standing up. I'm not okay with this. 
Um, yeah. But you know that I got your back on any other day. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it did make me walk. Um, yeah, I guess when a chameleon changes its color so often, right? What's the original colors of the chameleon? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Okay, I'm not saying that you're not true to who you are now. I'm just. I... <laughs> I don't know. I, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, and like I said, I think the conver- the topic of today's conversation is is this where I want to be. And I think it's I don't know what my original form is, maybe, but I like this form that I have, and then I will adapt to it. You know, there's no yes. true me anymore. I am, I am. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 I think that's 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 such a be- true statement. Yeah. Think so. Yeah. I you know. I'm I'm bits of the people. Like I'm bits of you. The conversations that we have, the things that we yeah. have, the experience. That's a part of me. And uh, all the other experiences I have with different people, different places, different times, um, mm-hmm. they're all bits and parts of me that I slowly stack on as like little bits of armor maybe to eventually become the person that I want to be or am. Yeah. It solidifies in time. Um, these memories stay. Uh, and I remember all these very vividly. So, you know, these are things that no one can kind of take away from me that I kind of hold, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a meaning there la, mm-hmm. that, that you have for yourself, and only you really know. Only mm-hmm. you, you yourself really know, right? Yeah. Damn, dude. Like, yeah. Everybody's a wet clay version of themselves. Yeah. Nobody's final. Like, everybody. Ha- nobody's final. I think that's really it. Nobody's final until you. Nobody die. is final until they want to be. And I think when you are finally final, mm. either mm-hmm. I hope to God you are dying, or you, you know, like you reach a stage where you're like amazing. Super content, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, because I think for me, even at a uh, contentment for me is not even reaching the hardening stage, right? It's being so malleable and so comfortable in the change. That's the one thing that's constant, right? I mean, cliche as it is. Yeah, you seem to love being in, in, in a transitional period. I like, yeah, I like the transition. I like the change. I like the mobility. Um, it does get tiring. Um yeah, and I know I guess some people say I have like itchy backside, I cannot commit and things like that, right? No, I don't think it's that at all. I don't think it's that at all. Mm, I mean, double-edged, I, I do think, I, I do see it as like, I mean, common theme around me and my friends, right? It's like, bro, you cannot commit, bro. You know, you cannot mm. like stick to one thing and just finish it. I'm like, I mean, I can, I mean, you know, like, I mean, you know. But I why, mean, right? Why yeah, when why, you're right? chasing other things? Yeah, but yeah. why is me staying in this, like when it's dead, it's dead love for me. I think I see it. Um, even yeah. with we could have taken a loan to continue the business um, yeah. but the projection was like look even if COVID lasts another year and that's being safe we will yeah. lose money then cut it now right correct, um, correct throw in the towel right. now and live to fight another day or is it fight to the end both ways yeah. right but, which are very big conversations dude to have uh, like as a business owner yeah fuck but you're right you're right I think this is why right the things that you're interested in doing right it's very hard to be a freelancer in those areas. Mm. Like there is no, there's yet to develop a model where you can part-time but still be impactful. Mm. For, I mean, for myself, motion design, advertising, yeah. there, there exists a role out, which is basically yeah. the freelancer, right? Yeah. Short-term contract. You're treated as those, uh, you're part of the team, you are, same kind of impact. Uh. Mm. I think it doesn't exist for the things that you're interested in. Um, except, for, except for maybe, I think, like the part-time models that exist already. Lah. Yeah, I think there is. But I think the fun thing, right, is because I took these, like the experience. Okay, so now I work with the right side. I run subscape classes for them. Um, yeah. I don't just teach the classes. I came up with the class. Mm. So we sat down together. We came up with a model that says, hey, look, I want to earn some money from this. and But I also want to teach subscaping. 
And I want to help yeah. you grow this sport in Singapore so that we can elevate it. It's very big in Thailand now and things like that. Lah. So yeah. how do we equip people with the knowledge of how to surf skate? That's like, great. I'm a surfing instructor. I can take some of the knowledge there. We are both sports instructors. All of us are snowboarding instructors as well. Yeah. We take some knowledge from there and we can create a program. So by yeah. creating this program, right? Yes, I'm a part-time instructor. I teach three times a week, but I also start training the instructors. I also sit down and look at what it is as a business rather than just being an instructor. I kind of treat it as my own business as well, but yes. it's still very much part-time. And I think if I wasn't as close to them or, you know, haven't proven myself in, you know, in the encounters of us working together before, uh-huh. it's also very difficult to give somebody this kind of a role, right? Yeah, um, no, because you literally created it. Yeah. You literally created it out of your own self yeah. because you're trying to feed this, uh, you're trying to feed good projects into your life. Right? Mm. And the right side and you have a relationship. So you are creating an opportunity. Uh, yeah. Which I have to fucking say, man, like that is very, you need the eye for that. Uh, you really need the eye to be able to see. Bro, my imposter syndrome is about to set in, bro. Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very straight with you. And yeah, just like, I... Is, right? Yeah, I, it did take a while, man. Like, um, even when they say, hey, I think you're the best person to come out of this program because of XYZ reasons, I was like, wow. But I, like, a lot of the surf skating moves, I cannot even do surfing. Like, you know, it's way more advanced and they're like, okay, but, you know, who else can do it in Singapore? I'm like, there are national surfers in Singapore. Um, they also mm-hmm. run surf skate classes. Um, mm-hmm. But after time, it's like, look, okay, you know what? I'm not good enough. Okay, I accept that. I'm not good enough, but I'm going to continue learning every day. I'm going to practice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. have video calls with a guy in Spain who surfskates super well so that I can learn from him and we can have conversations and we can talk about it. All right. Mm-hmm. And even in some ways, um, when, okay, I guess when he said to me, the reason that you are asking me this question now, we were talking about surfskate move and a little bit of like theory and philosophy. He said, yeah. the fact that you are asking me this question shows me that you understand and you are ready to teach. I was like, yeah. for him to say that, that was a bit of a... Um, it's uh, validating. Uh. Yeah, exactly. It was validation, right? It was just like, oh, okay. If he thinks that I can teach and he sees me self-skate, I send him videos and we have the calls, you know, like once a week and he says I'm ready, then I'm going to do three more calls with him and then see if yeah. I'm really, really ready. And then... Yeah, and then okay, like, you've okay. passed his check mark, but you're trying to see whether you pass your own. My own, yeah, which has to be a higher standard than anyone else because... For I, sure, for fucking sure, dude. Yeah, own self, check on self, bro. Track yeah. three times, bro. Yeah. Hold this paper up to your... <laughs> <laughs> Check in the line, looking on the stem. Yeah, it's legit. Cool. Yeah. Fuck. Dude, I, I... Do you know of the Enneagram system? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, look at... I'll send you a link later. Okay. I mentioned this on the previous podcast, but I feel like you're exactly the same. You're, the, you're number three, which is basically you're the achiever. Oh, Enneagram. Uh... I was reading a book called INFP and then they linked it. La. Um, yeah. Enneagram. Uh, E-N-N-E-G-R-A-M. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll literally text wait, you. It's like nine numbers, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I've, okay, I'll, I'll try to take the test. I think it was... I can't remember what it was, man. Yeah. You don't have to take it. Just read number three. It's okay. you. <laughs> okay. Okay. It explains a lot. It explains a lot. It explains a lot. And I, I don't know, dude. I resonate with you so much. I don't know what it is. I think it's the fact that you're never really satisfied. And it takes a lot to want to be satisfied, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not looking for perfection or satisfaction in that sense. I like this thrill of like, okay, what's next? How do we make this better, right? Um, it does get tiring. There are days I'm like, you know what? Forget it. 
like I, I'm okay. Like just for today or next next two days, I'm gonna do nothing, man. I'm just gonna sit down, play Mobile Legends, try and hit that mythic, and then you know that's all I wanna do, right? Um, yeah. But there are days where I'm like, okay, you know what? Like this isn't enough. Like what do I want for my life? Right? How do I want to achieve things better? How do I, you know, make more money, make more dough, get more experiences? And um, money at the end of the day is a means to an end. But yes, you know, I, the money is still essential for me to kind of get the experience. Do what you need to do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Is there? Do, do you have a routine? Um, uh, like a, what uh, in a, day, a daily routine? Daily routine, weekly routine, even. Um, more okay. My my routine is a bit more macro, so it's not like week. Uh, it's not like uh, every day I do this exact thing. Uh-huh. So I try and do climbing, Kelly, and surf skating in my week. It doesn't have to uh-huh. be the same day. Uh, but I, I know like okay, it's time to do it, or like I want to do it, right? And I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like day to day work, you know, I've a I pretty much have an eight to five. I teach surf skating Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays. Um, I try and find alone time for myself during these times. And like when I come back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of games of Mobile Legends with my housemate, chill. Sometimes I have dinner. Sometimes I meet, you know, uh, potential dates or friends. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it kind of free flowing. Um, but yeah. within a month, I know there are certain things that I want to achieve. Do you out that? Do you outline those those achievements, like those plans, before the month happens, or as you're going through? Um, I think it's just kind of been quite constant, right? Uh, I more no physical writing down or anything like that um, yeah, it's in your mind uh. it's in my mind but i do have like a calendar right like especially now because you have to kind of book everything it's a little bit harder like, i'm kind of forced to plan it a bit like, if i want to go yeah. rock climbing last time it's like oh open slot let's go now it's like yes no open slot yeah yeah, yeah. Open must book. correct yeah yes 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 so yes, that yes, makes yes. it a little bit trickier and makes yeah i, I like it and it gives me a bit more planning right i'm quite a p so um perceiving so i don't really mm-hmm. like um so MBTI is something I subscribe to quite a bit. Um, so my uh, dichotomy is like INFP and then the P is more perceiving where I don't like to make decisions. I like to keep mm-hmm. things open right to the very end until I have to make a decision. Then I'm like, okay, this is great. I like keep my options open. Yeah. Ah, is it helpful to know that you are like, like you get what I mean, right? Like, is it helpful to know? Yeah, I think it's super helpful to know. Uh, most people take this like 16 personalities thing um, mm. But I actually did it with a proper like MBTI practitioner, like one of my close hey, friends. You, I remember you saying this actually. Mm, yeah, just before um, I went to Oman for work, right? I took yeah. it. It was like a gift that he kind of gave me. Yeah. Damn. Another, I do, especially if you like the, sorry, was it Emigram? Uh, Enneagram, yeah. Enneagram, sorry. Yeah, if you really like the Enneagram stuff, right? Um, this has some relation to it also. One of the writers who uh, writes specific dichotomy um, type books. She also relates mm-hmm. a lot to uh, the Enneagram. Uh, I can't remember. Ambigram. Yeah. No, Enneagram model. Enneagram. Enneagram model. Yeah, Enneagram model. Yeah, there's a, a whole section in it that says like, if you are INFP, you're more likely to be this, this, and this type of uh, yes. Enneagram. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Wait, okay. On that note, right, do you read a lot? Um, not as much as I like to, man. Um, but I, no, man, I think I go through like a book every two, three months. Like, yeah, hey, that's that's pretty good, dude. What are you talking about? Really? Two, three months yeah. a book, man, dude. People yeah. read books like a week, eh? Dude, yeah. Okay, let me just. Okay, it's like this, you no. Know, one book is one lifetime. Okay. Uh, an author, whatever, fiction, non-fiction, right? Yeah. Whatever learnings you have in that book, right? People take one lifetime to learn. That so that means true. you you spend three months, two months to learn a single thing somebody else learned in his entire lifetime. Mm. So that's fucking good, already. That's interesting. Well, I spend a lot more time listening to podcasts. 
It's the same fucking thing, man. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> I mean, yeah, la, so a podcast, I think I learned a lot from like, um, I mean, I listen to Joe Rowe, man. Like, Joe Rowe is really nice stuff. Um, yes. There's a yes. lot of crypto podcasts that I listen to. Um, there's this one called High, built this by Guy Raz. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, NPR. I mean, they do a lot of really good podcasts and stuff. I like to listen to people achieving things and also their stories, la, right? Um, that yeah. kind of podcast um, that you can learn from uh, right yeah. like just through osmosis of, of listening in yeah and I'm driving you can just kind of hear it right and then you're like oh wow that's pretty cool you know that yeah. yeah wait wait you mentioned something I wanted to touch on just 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 before this I think it was not, not podcast um, the MBTI no 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 no. okay I think after, after you said Joe Rogan Joe Rogan uh, crypto. oh crypto yeah <laughs> Crypto. Well, Embo. Well, Embo. Damn, bro. Um, yeah. Why? Okay. Why? Why crypto? It, but why crypto? Uh? Yeah. Um, I think understanding crypto. Okay, so I initially bought into crypto is because I was a couple of friends, and they were like talking about Bitcoin and the dark web. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and using was it Tor web? Is it called Tor? Yeah, Tor. T O R. Yeah. Yeah. T O R. Right. Tor. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, that's really cool. And he was like, oh, I was like, how do you transact and stuff? He told me, oh, he had Bitcoin back in Australia. I was like, I want some Bitcoin, bro. Can I try? I was like, yeah, sure. Introduce me to Binance SG. I bought a bit. Uh-huh. And then in, in, I decided to invest like 10K. This was uh, mm-hmm. 20, 2019, I think. Yeah, two, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2019. Oh, no, sorry. 2020. This is exactly a year ago. Uh, yeah, Binance, Binance was just like, just fresh. Yeah. Super the, fresh. Was just fresh. Yeah. yeah, only could buy a few coins and stuff. And then... Yeah, I invested in a bit of crypto and then um, just kind of kept it. And then obviously January, February, Mar- uh, December, January, bull February, run, uh, yeah. fucking bull run. I was just like, whoa, what the heck? <laughs> like, I just fucking made 20 grand, bro. I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, so I took out some of my base capital and just started day trading a little bit, understanding it. Um, yeah. Why crypto? I think, dude, I think if I don't... Um, it's kind of like TikTok, bro. You know, I think it's the it's a lot of it is like moving forward and understanding what the world needs. We might yes. not see it now, but you being able to understand it and being able to identify what coin does what, what's a shit coin, you know, why some of them yeah. have real life applications and uh, how they work, what is blockchain. Because blockchain doesn't necessarily link to crypto. It's, it can be used in the right, right? I think understanding all of these things is why it's worth playing for me. I'm with you 100% yeah. all of that. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. Like from... They, from the first thing you said, I'm with you 100%. Because I feel a lot of people do not, uh, they, they kind of just boil down crypto to just Bitcoin and scams and shit. Yeah. But it's there a are, whole new technology. Yeah, there, there is a lot of, but there are coins that are making ways, they're making change, like Batcoin, for example. I use the Brave browser. I understand yeah. why they're using it. Um, what is that? There's ADA, I mean, Cardano. Like, yeah, Cardano, yes. Um, you, have yeah. you know, like, there's so many things that's going on, right? Like, people are trying to make change in their own way, with their own currency, in the decentralized exactly. way. Yeah. Exactly. And even decentralization, I think that's a concept that's very hard to grasp for the normal person. Yeah. Like, you can't just fucking wake up, you take as, you take the bus every day to work, right? And then decide, okay, I want decentralization for my life. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't no yeah no way bro no way exactly exactly there has to be that's that's the, I think that's the biggest challenge right now with crypto mm. okay even calling it fucking crypto is not the right way to like address it lah. like that's yeah. the, I think that's the issue with blockchain technology yeah it's such a complex idea yeah and the results are so fucking complex and intangible yeah that how do you fucking tell everybody in the entire world to decide hey let's move let's move guys 
Yeah, I mean, money 3.0. There will be, there will be, there will be a lot of like factors, right? Like, I mean, like AML, KYC, um, yeah, like AFT, uh, and ETF, is it anti-terrorist financing? Um, yeah, like all these aspects, right? Money laundering. I think that these are things that I'm already seeing. Like, why is gonna be hard? Um, there needs mm-hmm. to be measures in place because humans inherently are, will abuse it. Uh. Yeah, we will abuse it. You know. Um, and I think that's just the nature of it. Lah. Um, and that's why you kind of need some kind of policing, but then that's where it gets super complicated. I mean, yeah, because yes, for real, like the moment you have some kind of governance, you're taking away from the aspect of decentralization. Yeah, right. right. Um, privacy also. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's tricky. I like the idea of what cryptocurrency can do for good, but I also yeah. know that, hey, yes, the 80% of the people who are using it for good are going to be great, right? But the twenty yeah. percent of people who use it for the for the wrong things can actually really affect the eighty percent. Yes, it can do a lot of damage. It yeah, can do it a can. lot of damage. Yeah. yeah Fuck. Um, Dude. But yeah, man, everything's in the red now. I mean, a little bit of movement this morning, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Still- dude, I I stopped looking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I stopped looking. <laughs> also, <laughs> Just like okay, you know what? I I don't have any money that's mine inside. Like if it's gone, it's gone. But I still need yeah, to yeah, catch up. Yeah. Yeah, well, the moment you take out your base investment, you're like, it's a weight off your shoulders. Yeah, uh, it is, man. It is. I, I felt amazing when I did that. I'm like, oh, yes, fucking finally. Yeah. And then now it's like, it's money that didn't really exist. Yeah. If, you're, right. if you can look at it that way, like, I mean, some people are a bit more greedy. They're like, well, I know, but I could have earned that. I could have bought this. I'm like, yeah, yes. uh, I mean, yeah. The what ifs. Yeah, the what ifs. The what ifs. Yeah. That, okay, does that haunt you? Because um, it seems as though you're living decision. Not say, okay. You're living... Okay, let me rephrase this. Uh. Uh, just so it gives context to the question. It seems as though your life comes in uh, packets of months. Mm. Right? It's never one month. One month. It's never that. It's always mm. like okay, three months here, six months here, mm. nine months, one year. Mm. Was there ever a time when you're like, fuck, I really wish I had this, done this instead. Mm. Instead of what I did. Does regret play a big part? Wow, no way, actually. It hasn't. Eh? I mean, there are moments like, well, maybe I should have, but as it plays out, I start to see the things that I enjoy, right? Um, mm. And even if I could have or would have, can I not make that change now? Mm. You know, I think, you know, people like, the one thing I hear people say a lot, right? It's like, you know, you know when I was younger, I did this, or hey, you know, remember yeah. the days. Um, uh-huh. And that's something I want to try and avoid. Uh, like, yes, I remember the times, but I can still do that now. I can still make yes. this change now. This is the youngest you're ever gonna be. If you're too, if you think you're too old now, you're gonna be way too old in five years, two years. Yeah. So oh God, tell me about it. Yes. If you can do it, then just fucking do it, man. Like, if you wanna complain about it and you're like, "Oh, I should have, I could have," can you do it now? Like, no lah, cannot lah. All right. If you can't, then fuck it. Then it's gone. It's a, it's not, not, it's not something that you could have done anyway. Yeah, it's not yours. Yeah. If you can, then you know, make something, make a change now, do something about it now. Um, which leads me to my next question, right? Like, yeah. based off exactly what your fucking answer was, which is brilliant, by the way. Uh, how do you know that this is the right choice? Because, like you said, regret doesn't really hit you. And if you, if you what seemed to be the wrong decision, you mm. can just switch halfway, right? Mm. What is the guiding principle here? I think the guiding principle is one, does it... Okay, so decision is a function of data and time. Mm. The decision that I make now is based off the information that I have at this point of time. Yeah. If in like five months later, I'm like, wow, I shouldn't have done it because this and this happened. At the point mm. of the decision making, did you have this information? If the mm. answer is no, then you couldn't have known better. 
Yeah. Then okay, mistake. Move on. Right? Like do something else about it. Can it be fixed? I think it's a bit like a a bit more methodical, right? A bit more of like a flow chart. Yeah. Could you have yeah. did you make a wrong decision based on you know at that point of time? Yes. Okay, you're an idiot. Learn from this. Move on. <laughs> right? um, yeah. No. Okay. Then can you can anything be do, done to change it now? Yes. Okay. Do it. If it's no, okay, you're an idiot. Move on. You know, like I think it yeah. just kind of like flows into that kind of a uh, an idea where you make enough mistakes. You're like, wow. Okay. I'm if every time I've seen I, the patterns. Uh. If I look back at every mistake, right? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna crumble, man. I've like to deal with yeah. imposter syndrome. I have to deal with like mistakes that I've made. You know, I think it becomes very tricky. Um, I think being able to differentiate and very quickly also just say, fuck it, I don't know. But how, do, how do you I, learn to do this? How do you learn to do this? Because this is the first time yeah. I've ever heard decision is data and time. Yeah, de- decision is a function of data and time. Um, something my dad says all the time to me. Uh, he helps me make decisions because I, you know, um, paralysis by analysis, that's another one, mm-hmm. right? You think, mm-hmm. think, 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 then you like, well, I want to do, want to do, then in the end you don't do. Right? Sometimes yeah. it's just like, okay, this is you right. Do you want to do it? Does it look right? Okay, calculate it morally, financially, in terms of friends, how people feel about it. Okay, maybe mm-hmm. 20% of the people aren't going to be happy. Oh, shit, sorry. Um, no worries, 20% no of the people aren't going to be happy, then 80-20 rule. And like, there's a lot of mm-hmm. these like, psychological aspects that I take into consideration because people have spent a lot of time thinking about it, right? 80-20 rule, you know. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and a lot of the... Oh, there's a word for it. Fallacies that we fall into also. Um, mm-hmm. Psychological fallacies. Um, uh, all the dis- cognitive dissonance and cognitive bias that we yes. fall into also. So being aware of most of these things, you can start to see where you sit. Where yeah. things good for you. What are things that you are aware of. Um, yeah. And at any one point of time, I know I will still make mistakes. That's yes. part of it, right? You got to forgive yourself as well. Uh. Yeah. With this model, you got to forgive yourself. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude, I'm learning so fucking much, dude. Dude, that's sweet, man. Like, I feel like I want to share so much about like what's, what's happening and like, but again, you know, I think, um, I think when we started, right, that's why I think, uh, especially when, when uh, talking with me or, you know, for me, the way my mind thinks is, is quite, um, there's a very broad spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like a theme or like a topic that we were like, okay, then we can, you know, dive deep into it. Because I think um, a lot of podcasts now, there's a lot of bread, um, but when yeah. you go deeper and maybe in, on yes. multiple levels, that's when you kind of like get gold, man. For sure, for sure. Okay, I guess, I mean, it's an hour and a half. Right? You're still at your friend's place, right? I'm still at my friend's place, yeah. Okay, okay uh, last, last, last few questions. Let's right? go for it, bro. Fuck. Okay, first things first, right? Uh, thank you so fucking much, man. For real, for being you, for hey. being you, oh, it's for awkward, being you. Bro. Seriously, I, dude, I, I look up to you uh, in a lot of ways. I really, really do. And just hearing your train of thought and the way you're making, the way you're thinking about your decisions, the way you're living your life right now. I, I mean, think I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, bro. I mean, these are things that I do like 90 percent of the time, right? There are times where I'm like, Fuck, is this right? Like, I mean, I see my friends doing other things, and I'm like, maybe that works, you know? That they, no, but that's human. Yeah. That's human. That's human. And the, the thing about you is that you managed to articulate it in a way that's very actionable. Mm. Very, very actionable, I have to say. Which is amazing because like, I'm going to apply some of this shit like tomorrow, man. Bite side steps, man. Yeah, man. I think that's good. I think if you can take away a little bit of it um, in the same way that, you know, like when I talk to other people, I try and see, okay, I might not agree with everything that he says, but there are certain things that I'm happy to tweet, right? 
Um, yeah, knowing what you can take. Yes, exactly. Uh, so which leads me, I think everything that you've said, right, it's just it seems to be such a pattern for yourself that you're that you're intentionally creating for yourself. So, I guess fucking final question, parting question. How hard do you need to work to succeed? And when I say succeed, is by your own measure mm. for your next project. How hard? Uh? Yeah, how hard do you need to work for you to really say that's enough? I can't do this. Or how how hard do you need to work to realize I need to work more mm. at this particular new project, whatever that may be? Uh. Um, I think it's a balance of a few things, right? I think working hard is not something that I am a big fan of. Mm. Not because I like don't value hard work. I think hard work is great, right? But I think working smart, for example, yeah. um, being able to think through and understand what it is that needs to be done, that mm. can be done, and that you can do. Um, there are limits, right, with how something can grow and you can put in 100% of the effort, you know, everything that you have and it still might not work and it might not be entirely your fault. It could be the environmental situations, for example, COVID, right? Yeah. Like, nothing you can really do about things like that, right? Government locking mm-hmm. down stuff, travel bans. I think what you can do in the in-between, um, even for the right side, right? A lot of their mm-hmm. business was Japanese travel. Lockdown mm-hmm. happened. It pivoted. I'm going to bring yeah. in skateboards. Start yeah, they're not a skate shop now, right? They're like a skate shop now and like it's not bringing as much money as it would be, but it's keeping them afloat long mm-hmm. enough and the fight is there for it to be like when it opens up again, we are still around. We are still the yeah. brand that people remember. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think if you have the will and the, the means to do it, then that's how you do it. Lah. I think for me, um, how hard is always a measure of possibility in one sense, mm-hmm. but also can I figure out a better way to do it, right? Like I don't want to work hard, bro. I think for personally, I want to have me, you know, three, maybe four businesses that give me a nice passive income get a nice property, some passive income, travel. So then when I'm traveling, I can, you know, manage these businesses, be around, come back, you know. Um, Life is meant to be enjoyed, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah, hedonistic as it may sound, but it really is about enjoying these little things. And if working hard for you is not something that you enjoy, that sucks, right? But if working hard on a project that you truly believe in and you're passionate about, yes, you're working hard, but you're enjoying every moment of it. Then, yeah. Wow. You know. Um. I mean, I asked the question like, do you enjoy um motion design? Uh, motion I do. Engine, right. Fucking yeah. So when you set a project and it's something that you have to do, it's working hard, right? You're working for that project, but at the same time, I mean, you get to enjoy it also, right? It's like yeah, a, like yeah, sick. I did that. You know, I see you making like your own little hobbies and your own little projects with like these um infinite looping kind of like gifts. Um, yeah. And it's like, sick, I appreciate the artwork. I know it's hard to make, you know? And yet, for me, it's, oh, nice. But for you, it's like, you got to spend time doing it. You got to spend time learning something about it. The next time you do it, you're like, oh man, I found out this shortcut because I did this before. Yes. And that is, yes, you working hard, but you also working smart for something that you believe in. And it has to kind Damn. of all meld together. Yeah. Well, fuck. <laughs> That was beautifully put. Beautifully put and very fucking actionable. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, man, these are not difficult things, right? Life isn't hard. They're um, not. Yeah. They're not. It's just really being aware. I think having the awareness is, mm. 
coming from you who's already been aware of your own life for a very long time, it's mm. very easy for you. Okay, I wouldn't say it's easy. I'm sure it must have taken a lot of strength and reflect re- reflection to speak like this. I think yeah, a lot of reflection, right? A lot of self-thought and like asking yeah. people, even speaking to people like yourself, right? Like the like the reason I can articulate it now is because I've had a similar conversation before. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. then every time I talk about it, every time I think about it, becomes it again, clearer and clearer, right? Clearer, you clean it up, you polish it up, and uh, eventually in other comments, it becomes a bit of a speech, right? But mm-hmm. it becomes something that you can tell yourself and you're like, yes, I know how to remove the words. I know how to add the words to make it so that it's something that I can do or that they can do. Yes. Mm. I think this is your teaching aspect, man. You're fucking natural. Right. And the <laughs> philosophy that I take for teaching mm-hmm. is copy, create, teach, learn. We you copy first. You don't know anything about it. You copy yes. as much as you can, right? Yes. The moment you copy, then you maybe you take a bit from here, a bit from there, a bit from there, and then you create something that's your own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you create something that is all your own, people are like, hey bro, that's cool, man. Actually, can you teach me how to do that? You teach them, mm-hmm. and while you teach them, you finally learn, bro. Yes. So, the teaching aspect is to learn it again. Yes. Wow. So much so, wow. yes. Oh, this is such a freeing conversation, dude. That's sick, bro. I think, yeah, just talking about it, it's like, it reminded me of certain things that I've um, spoken to people about. Um, yeah, certain conversations that I've had in the past few months, even a couple of years ago, right? Bringing me back to Morocco days as well as like Jordan mm. and all these things. I think conversations that I've had all over the years and the very fact that, you know, we agreed on like doing this conversation because or doing this podcast just in three years time when we listen back to it, we might look at both yeah. each other and be like, dude, this guy's an idiot, man. What is he talking about? <laughs> right? I'll be like, oh, wow, that's true. That actually works. That makes sense, right? I mean, we don't yeah. know. Um, we, yeah, we won't know. We won't know. That's true. Accountability is there, bro. We, we, it's all Exactly. Record. It's been said. It's going to be uploaded. <laughs> and it's going to be... We're going to be looking back. Uh, like a fucking a year from now, I'm going to get you on again. And yeah, we're going to see what your life is at. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just do a... Between you and me, man. Let's just have a, 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 a nice conversation. Let's catch up over like coffee or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Dude, okay, uh, thank you so much. I feel like this has really, really been one of the best conversations I've had in a long time. Thank you, man. I, I've, I've enjoyed this conversation too. Yeah, uh, I've learned so much. I, I hope at the very least, right, you had some reflection in all of this. Bro, as you're, for sure. As you're I think, about these things. Yeah, I think the questions that you asked me, right, like also forced me to think of things um, in a different way uh, and also like kind of stumped me, right? Like, you know... Um, working hard, what is I want to achieve, what am I chasing? Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to personally spend some time thinking about these, right? A little bit more in-depth as well. Um, other than the answer I've given you and like, you know, just off, yeah. off of my head, but uh, a bit more of a reflection. Yeah, dude. Okay, thank you so much. This has been amazing. It's been powerful. Thanks so much, bro. I really enjoyed this. Bobo Akoso. Okay, listen in. Follow Isaac. I'll put your, I'll put your stuff in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, dude, okay, thank you so much. Thanks, man. Okay, she's soon, Richard.